We find people that basically can't make enough uh, to, to, to eat before they go into the fields. I don't believe that. I think that you're looking at other places that are not Central Romana. People actually who focus on and go like getting an orgasm never get one. Pull up your socks and figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> Any chance we'll ever get to be a completely red Oh, yeah. And well, the future is always uncertain. Whatever but more uncertain now. Uh, listen, Blue Ivy is six years old. Beyonce's vision. She tried to outbid me on a painting. Everybody in Atlanta right now at the Louis Vuitton store, if you black, don't go to Louis Vuitton today. In five. That's why you need to take Three, a meeting with two. Kanye West, Bernard Arnault. Hello, and welcome to Grubstakers, the podcast about billionaires. My name is Sean P. McCarthy, and I am joined, as always, by my esteemed co-hosts. Steve Jeffries. Yogi Polywol, Andy Palmer. And so, as the United States inches towards uh, vaccinating its population against the coronavirus, there is expectation that maybe by the summer, there will be something of a so-called return to normal, where people in the big cities can once again regularly experience the soul-crushing meat market of swipe-based dating apps. And uh, our billionaire subject today is one of the people who seems to be benefiting from that, the co-founder and CEO of Bumble, Whitney Wolf Hurd. Uh, and to discuss her life and her product, we are joined by one of my favorite comedians, co-host of the Reply Guys podcast, and author of the new Audible audiobook, Dirtbag Anthropology, Kate Willett. Kate, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And uh, before we start, did you just have any particular opinions on Bumble going into this podcast? I hate Bumble. <laughs> I, it's my least favorite app uh, for dating. I, I would... I would choose Tinder and all its horrors over Bumble any day of the week because <laughs> what I'm not looking for, like what I'm trying to avoid in my life from this moment forward mm -hmm. is like more lazy dudes and Bumble is like the lazy man's dream. Like it's enabling, <laughs> right? So it's just like, <laughs> I don't, it's, it's just like, yeah, I'm a guy that doesn't want to put forth in any effort going on this app so i'm i have tried bumble i did not like it whatsoever never gone out with anyone uh on bumble in real life um so yeah not not a fan whatsoever well that was the only appeal to me when i joined uh, yeah. <laughs> doing as little work as possible yeah yeah so. i mean i'd go on there if i were a guy <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've never i've never uh done a date or gone on a date with anyone on bumble because it's uh maybe not my crowd like at least from a guy's perspective, um, every other profile has a picture of someone in a yacht uh, with the implication, hey, uh, you should have one of these. <laughs> Seems like the girl, like the girl boss app. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I'm, you know, dating apps are all pretty bad, but I, I usually generally use Hinge if I use any of them. Sure. It is one of those things where like the dating app economy is so fractured. Like in my mind, I don't I like I know people meet on there and then have successful relationships and stuff, but the entire system seems so fundamentally broken. It's like someone being like, Yeah, no, the American academic system is good to learn. It's like I don't think that works necessarily just as much as dating apps work <laughs> for finding someone. I think it's a great way for people who love to quote The Office to meet each other. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's like one of those things where everyone who's quoting The Office thinks that no one else is doing it. Yeah. Uh, like it's a sign of originality that like one in five people are doing. Yeah. 
Uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't no, take. don't do this. Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> Michael Scott. Hey, bonus points if you get the reference. Hmm. I've seen that maybe about... The bonus points if you get the reference at the end is yeah, the icing I, on the cake. Gross. I just I just used my super like after you said that, Andy. <laughs> but yeah, so the subject today, Whitney Wolf Heard, to just kind of give you a general overview, uh, probably most of the people listening to this have some experience with Bumble. The innovation as opposed to Tinder and these other, you know, swipe right, swipe left dating apps is Bumble. The woman has to make the first message. Right. So you match and then you know, women have to go through the experience guys go through, which is thinking of something more clever than just, hey, or what's up. Um, and, you know, as Kate mentioned, this has been a, a great innovation of, of patriarchy was to brand this as feminism <laughs> by uh, forcing women to do all the work and, you know, pay for dinner and everything else. I don't think the hey and what's up uh, threshold has been crossed for the most part. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Why, why mess with the classics? Are most people still doing it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all I know is Bumble's the number one dating app to find people that storm the Capitol and snitch on the FBI <laughs> to them. That's definitely true. <laughs> that was cool, honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. There's this news story that I guess somebody was arrested and in the indictment, federal prosecutors put a screen cap of him admitting to his Bumble match that he was <laughs> at the Capitol on January 6th, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. which is... You know, you can only imagine if the what it would feel like to have a woman swipe right on you and then report you to the FBI. <laughs> you know, in, in the old days, you would have to be married to a woman for mm -hmm. years before oh, yeah. she would report you to the FBI. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> did you see his picture, too? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I did. It. Was he cute? No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Was it the animal skin guy? Uh, animals? I no, no, it wasn't that guy. It was a guy with like long, long uh, sideburns and like, I mean, he looked like every fourth goon in like a biker gang. That's what the cat looked like. He caused the words fat Wolverine to trend on Twitter. <laughs> That's how he looked. Um, and I, I mean, what, what's incredible about that is like you look at that picture of him and then you think the person who swiped right on this guy sure. reported him to the FBI. Right. Yeah, the, was was like surprised by what he had to say about storming the Capitol. It's so funny to me because it's like, have you ever used Bumble before, buddy? You really thought the women on there would <laughs> like the fact that you stormed the Capitol? Well, so the guy's name's Robert Chapman, and he's, I guess, from New York. But I think the best thing about it was he is bragging about storming the Capitol. And the last message from the uh, woman in question just says, we are not a match, which what a <laughs> yeah. great way. Just like, I'm out. <laughs> but so Whitney Wolf heard uh, just some quick, fast facts about her before we, we start uh, her general life biography. Uh, according to Forbes magazine, she's worth about four point or one point three billion U.S. dollars as of April twenty third, twenty twenty one, and this is because Bumble has just in February twenty twenty one had their IPO. Uh, so she's quite the rich woman. She was uh, born on July first, nineteen eighty nine. Um, and I know I've been doing this podcast too long when the billionaires are starting to get younger than me. This is getting <laughs> very annoying to be the old guy talking about this woman with more money than I will ever see in my life. Um, <laughs> but in addition to Bumble, uh, the dating app, they also have a friend matching service called BFF. Right. And they have a business networking service called Biz, B-I-Z-Z. -Z. So there will be a lot of uh, B puns throughout the course of this episode. 
I want to issue a correction. The fat Wolverine was actually uh, Ted Cruz. I apologize for misleading any of our listeners. Andy, how dare you? <laughs> but so uh, Whitney Wolf heard um, she currently, as I mentioned, is the CEO of Bumble Incorporated. It operates both Bumble and another dating app we'll talk about a bit called Badoo. Uh, she founded Bumble with a Russian billionaire who we will also talk about a bit. His name is Andre Andreev. Uh, she co-founded it in 2014. He was, uh, his stake in it, he used to own the majority, but he was bought out by Blackstone in November 2019. Uh, Whitney Wolf Heard owns about 13% of Bumble, just over 21 million shares, mm -hmm. and together, Bumble and Badoo operate in 150 countries with 42 million monthly active users as of third quarter 2020. And those are all just fact, fast facts from Forbes magazine. Yeah, from my research, I found out that she was born in Salt Lake City, and her dad is Michael Wolf, who is a private land developer, and there's not much else about him, and his mom, her mom's reported as Kelly Wolf, a homemaker, and there really isn't much about uh, Whitney's childhood, except that in fourth grade, her family took a sabbatical to Paris, France. Like, in countless different news articles, it just says, in fourth grade, she just goes to France. And there's not much of like a more rich person move than like, yeah, for a couple of grades, we just were in a nice European country for a little bit. Yeah, my, my, I, I grew up humbly. I mean, my parents took that thing. Um, what's the word where like you can take a year off and not get paid and it's fine. A sabbatical. My parents did a sabbatical in France. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that connects uh, France to her life now, because she didn't speak French, she's not like a person that operates in France, but before she created Bumble after her lawsuit with Tinder, which we'll talk more about later, at one point she was going to name her female-focused uh, business networking uh, app uh, Mercy. Uh, uh, th thank you in French. Um, but mm. that fizzled out, but then what Bumble Biz is is what Mercy was supposed to be. That Mercy... I know I'm saying mercy wrong, but the moment I said it, I'm like, I know it's not not mercy. What? How am I? How am I pronouncing it wrong? Mercy? What? I'm confused. Mercy? Like, like mercy? Mercy? Yeah. You know what? I, I, the I, app never existed, guys. I can call it whatever I want. I'm gonna say Yogi's right because if if you're an American and you're like looking at all the dating apps and there's one called Mercy, like that's gonna attract a very specific group of people <laughs> that may not be what they're looking for. There was a dating app. I don't, it definitely didn't end up being one of the billionaire ones, but there was a dating app that like branded itself as like for people that had been like just completely rejected on every other. <laughs> yeah. just whatever is left. It's like the, yeah, exactly. It was like, the I forgot what the name was, but it was something like not perfect or right. whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it didn't, didn't really take off actually. Cause the people on it didn't like each other either. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bad business model. Yeah. It is interesting that the French word for thank you is that thing that they never practiced throughout the global south. <laughs> right. Uh, but to start the general biography of Whitney Wolf Heard, kind of talk about her life, um, I don't think it's being unfair to say that she was born a rich kid. Uh, according to her official Wikipedia, she is the daughter of a wealthy property developer uh, named Michael Wolf. And we mentioned her sabbatical in Paris, France, generally not the kind of thing you get to do if you are not the uh, child of a wealthy property developer. Um, but so there's a couple different biographical sources that I went through for this uh, episode. 
Probably the most prominent one that I'll quote from is a 2016 article in Austin Woman Magazine by Emily Laskowski. Uh, and the title of it is Whitney Wolf is bringing feminism to your phone. Uh, and there's a lot of B puns in this. So perhaps I'll just quote, you know, two paragraphs of B puns, if you guys can stand that. Uh, Whitney Wolf, the 26 year old founder of Bumble, launched the social discovery platform heralded by many as the feminist dating app less than a year and a half ago with her core staff of six women working feverishly from Bumble's headquarters in downtown Austin, Texas. Wolf and her team zip and zoom from one task, one milestone, one breakthrough to the next. And all of that movement is generating a lot of buzz. Wolf is, forgive the pun, a busy bee. She checks her phone intermittently between movements, responding to emails, texts, and phone calls. Buoyancy is a strength. She bounces between Bumble's outposts in London and Los Angeles, where it's standing room only for technology startups, yet anchors her team in Austin, away from the swarms of stinging competitors with plenty of space to consider the myriad decisions she must make for her rapidly expanding company. Austin, she says, gives Bumble the freedom to spread its wings and fly. Yeah, those uh, those puns go down like honey. Yeah, they did. They did so many of them. So many of them. Yeah. There's also the thing you see in the background is a cat. I don't. I didn't grow a tail or anything. Yeah. For our audience, she has a cat scarf that is lovely. Yeah. The writer is meeting their word count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the article continues. You won't believe how much tax Ugh. avoidance this company Ugh. engages in. <laughs> but so the article continues. She's born in Salt Lake City, as we mentioned, 1989. Quote, she spent her early childhood years in an environment more pastoral than metropolitan. Hmm. She's quoted as saying, imagine not seeing a person's house unless you literally walked for two minutes. Everything was on its own spread, and it was every child's dream. It was this wooded, secluded type of childhood. And what that means is I grew up in a really big house. Yeah, yeah. Where you had to walk two minutes before you saw the other house, basically. I don't know any place that isn't you walk a few minutes to see another house. Like, I I get that the point is like... You know, you don't walk across a hallway to see a neighbor like in a major metropolitan city, but in any general suburb, you have to walk a minute or two to get to someone's house and it's not necessarily a mansion, but it's an odd way to describe your childhood in terms of how you grew up. Mm -hmm. And as we mentioned, Michael Wolf, a wealthy property developer uh, who was Jewish, was her father and Kelly Wolf, who was Catholic, was her mother. Uh, She attended the Judge Memorial Catholic High School until uh, fourth grade. Back, uh, quoting from the article again, by the time she turned 11, her parents moved the family to Paris specifically to instill in their children a sense of the world. Wolf was placed in a non-English speaking school and immediately immersed herself in the culture. And then after a couple of years, they moved back from Paris, France to uh, Utah to Salt Lake City. Uh, and this uh, becomes one of the most difficult times of her life, according to this article. Mm. Uh, the transition back home to Salt Lake City proved more difficult than it had been to leave. Quote, I wouldn't get invited to birthday parties. Here I had just come home from living in Paris. I've seen half of the world at age 12 and I was an outcast. So, you know, every billionaire has a struggle story. I like thinking, you know, she's like 12 years old and she's like, yeah, I've seen half of the world, you know, and people are like, let's definitely not invite her to this birthday party. <laughs> yeah. And she only went to one place. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Paris, Salt Lake City, that just about covers it. <laughs> I've already seen half the world. I mean, I've been on two sides of the world, so. Right, right. Just imagine these like young girls talking shit about her being like, she's so worldly. (laughs) (laughs) We are not going to share our Coca-Cola classic that we have by the case for uh, because our church has stock in them for whatever reason. (laughs) Uh, But for uh, Whitney Wolf Heard, things would improve a bit by high school. And then in college, she attends Southern Methodist University, which was her mother's alma mater mm-hmm. uh she apparently was a member of the kappa kappa gamma sorority and she majored in international studies and in addition to b puns this uh, austin woman's magazine article has a couple uh i think amusing anecdotes about whitney's life and one of them happens in college uh during the bp oil spill in right. late april 2010 uh you might know the Deepwater horizon drilling rig uh, suffered an internal explosion and gushed, you know, millions of gallons of oil into the Gulf of Mexico. And at the time, Whitney says, Matt quote, Damon was in that, right? Yeah. Uh, at the time, Whitney says, quote, I was really upset about all of the animals they kept showing on TV that were covered in oil. Do you remember that? They were just doused in oil, unquote. Uh, While efforts to contain the BP oil spill drifted along, Wolf brainstormed ideas that would benefit the organizations trying to protect the affected wetlands and wildlife. Uh, One morning while talking to her mother, who had just come from yoga class, Wolf had an epiphany. I was like, perfect. I'm going to make yoga bags, bamboo tote bags, and I can get every girl on campus to carry them. I was in a sorority and I knew that everyone carried a little bag to school. She finds a local organic eco-friendly distributor and then she starts selling these uh, bamboo tote bags via Facebook. Right. Uh, by the way, if you want to like uh, get the, the um, significance of her growing up in Salt Lake City, take a, take a close look at the Utah State flag. Just like bring it up on your phone uh, and look at, uh, right, right in the middle of it. And uh, Are you asking us to do that right now, Andy? I mean, you guys can't. This is mostly for the listeners. If you don't know what I'm talking about, what are you talking about? Look at the flag. I didn't memorize. I didn't memorize what the flag looks like. I didn't know this was going to be on the exam. Andy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Utah flag. Oh, it's all about the bees. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Huh. So it's it says Industry Utah, and then it has a picture of a, a beehive in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a big Mormon thing. Is that they're like we're like bees contributing. The hive is like a, a metaphor for the Mormon church. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Right. They almost called Salt Lake City Deseret, uh, which is like a quasi-Egyptian word for bee. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot like uh, beehives, the Mormon church has billions of dollars in hidden assets <laughs> invested into various yeah. property schemes throughout the world. $120 billion. Um, More on those uh, tote bags that Sean was talking about. She partnered with... Patrick Oftencomp, who would launch the nonprofit organization called the Help Us Project. And like, I just could you say that name again, Yogi? That's like a <laughs> fucking third generation sweatshop heir. <laughs> Patrick <laughs> it just has Triangle shirtwaist fire money when I hear that name. <laughs> um, and 
the if you go to the help us project and type in Whitney Wolf, it like leads you to WhitneyWolf.com, and it's a Tumblr for someone else named Whitney Wolf, I think. But um, if you you can see the tote bags to this day, and it has like pelicans and stuff on them. The bags were like photographed with celebrities like Nicole Richie and Zoe Casden uh, or something like that, and so they 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 were selling like gangbusters. But then she also created another clothing line called Tender Heart with Often Comp Again, which was to raise awareness around human trafficking and fair trade. And like, listen, I I, I mean, I might be going out on a limb here, but you know, she's a part of a dating app uh, empire. And like, I, I don't know about you guys, but it seems to me that like the global sex trafficking trade must use apps like this in one way or another. So the fact that she was raising money for this uh, at the age of 19 in college, but then now it was running a billion dollar empire, which certainly may or may not have roots into the sex trafficking industry is quite hypocritical, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll see a lot of different hypocrisies. And what I wanted to mention about these uh, these tote bags that she was selling for the BP oil thing, I just couldn't find out like anywhere what was done with any of this money, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's like, it could have been like she pockets 80%. I don't know. But, you know, it like the other thing worth mentioning here in terms of why this is such an important story of her biography is because this woman's a billionaire who uh the ceo being the ceo of bumble is the second job she's ever held in her life so you know it just kind of puts things in perspective yeah some people are just better than us that's right well you need to have an amazing feminist idea that's all it takes (laughs) (laughs) yeah this podcast is not nearly feminist enough we're taking one down right now yeah I'm trying my best to help you guys. I've come up with this new great feminist marriage app where you just let your husband play video games all day (laughs) and you just clean the house and make dinner and great idea, Sean. It's gonna make you a billion dollars easy. Immediately. I think so. Thanks for listening to our free episode of Grubstakers, the podcast about billionaires. If you'd like to learn more about Whitney Wolf Heard and how the same company that hosts your dating profile also owns your DNA, then swipe right at patreon.com grubstakers, where you can find this and the rest of our premium episodes. Before you go, don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell us your favorite or worst part of the show. Then check us out on grubstakers.net to find a list of all of the billionaires that we've covered so far and all of the hopes and dreams that they've crushed to get there.